Hey guys. <coughs> Hello. Good morning. I coughed in your ear. <laughs> well, it's my morning, so I'm just going to be me and y'all come along for the ride, okay? Because this shit is getting deep. I'm telling you, God is working on me. And I'm going to tell you first thing. I just got a message and I'm going to write it down before I forget it. You can only love so much. Uh, I'm going to put to a certain capacity or receive love. I'm going to go back because this one's important too. You can only love or receive love to a certain capacity until you willingly ask for more of God's love. Or allow, this is even better, Jesus in. So I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride for you. And if nothing else, just listen out of curiosity, you guys, because this ain't all about Christianity. This is about my fight within myself because being a Christian wasn't good enough to get me saved from molestation by multiple people in my family. At least two people did it. I'm, I'm a sneaking suspicion that there was a third. And which was trying to be covered up, I think. But I think God brings us things and little intuitive hits to say, hey, take a look over here. Because there's a third I talked to this year. And I bet money on it that it fucking happened. Okay. Because this is the, the uncle. There was two freaky uncles. Okay. Not just one creepy uncle. Uh, we're talking about a hillbilly family with no birth control here. They produce some mass. <clears throat> They produce uh, creepy, creepy men that's in their blood. Okay, tell me that you don't have an ability that your parent has. If you've grown up with your parent, you're going to take over the business because you've watched it. You've absorbed it. You've learned every fucking aspect of that business. Well, these people become your master, the person who molested you because now they've got that soul tie with you. They've got an energetic plug into your aura. And I could tell the difference and I didn't believe any of this until I figured it out. Because this is this is God having given me an experience here on the island as I was driving because I would get those Delta 8s going and my mind would open up and I would receive all these thoughts, you know. And I'm like, that's why that happened. That's why that happened. It just, after I you know, get on a higher dimension with, say, you do the magical plant, the legal, the illegal one, you know, marijuana. Well, this is the same thing. It's just derived from hemp. And hemp is a form of the cannabis plant that is generally, you know, some forms don't have any THC, but some forms do. Some species of the cannabis plant, the hemp plant, should I say, has THC in it and since you're allowed to put like 0 0.003 I think it is if I got that number right I always forget where the how many zeros are in there 
But, um, you know, if you're using, you know, this as a scale or whatever, like, I forgot what my thoughts were. Because <laughs> I got out trying to figure out. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, if you use the the higher dimensional tools that we've been given, which were also, you know, made illegal. Because somewhere down in their souls, when they did this and they took cannabis from us, they knew it would heal us. Because we could go to that next level of awareness, have thoughts come in. Now, you can have your parties on it, too. You can party, you can pass out, you can smoke it up, sit on the couch all day, eat food all day. But cannabis opens your mind, not only for creativity. Remember, the best cartoons were created by high people, you know, and the best movies are created by high people because you're expanding your mind. You're letting more of divinity in, which is your source of creativity. Where do you think all those thoughts come from? Okay, they generate you ain't generating them. They're coming into you. Your brain is a receiver of information. Just learn it like that, that your brain is like, like a radio. And whatever frequency you're tuned into and your belief system, there's a billion, oh, okay, well, that's not even a billion, infinite combinations of what you can dial into your reality based on what you believe is going to happen. But I'm talking about the past here. So, so, okay, let's just jump in and talk about, oh yeah, I'm going to finish telling you about the cannabis. So I get out there and I'm riding the bike on the seawall and I'm in this beautiful, expansive nature, you know, because if they say if you gaze upon a large body of water, it makes you feel small and all of your problems feel irrelevant and you're overwhelmed by the essence and the beauty of that nature, right? So that's a gift to you that you can come out there and cleanse that and give it back to Mother Earth or, you know, jump in the salt water, get detoxified, all that good stuff. Living here has been a blessing. That's why God brought me here. I mean, I knew I wanted to, but there was a reason he put it in me to want me to be here, to want myself to be here. And I wasn't trying. I was just trying to get away from that demon I was with in Ohio. And I say demon. Uh quite openly and freely because he was he had a lot of attachments <laughs> and wow y'all this story my story is almost unbelievable I'm going to tell you what there's at least three or four prime you'd have to do a multi-series on on oxygen isn't that Oprah's Harpo all that she would have to make five movies to get all of my shit in there to put it all in there because you can only show two hours at a time i lived for 50 years and had like three or four lifetime movies i'm like you have to do a mini series on my ass oprah so um okay let's just let's go with that let's just skip over to the timeline let's not talk about you know all the if it well we're going to talk about the if ands and buts but i'm not gonna lay into you know get talking about whatever i want to talk about exactly what I got wrote down on this piece of paper today and this is probably the first time I've actually organized something before a podcast but ADHD is a bitch y'all and it's real I mean you can flip through my journal and just know it's a fucking mess you know our attention jumps all the time we're like little frogs we're like bink 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 and y'all can see it but we gotta live that shit you know what I'm saying 
I think my mind is very similar to my mom. Thank God I didn't, you know, inherit her schizophrenia. But I did inherit her crazy-ass, fast-moving mind, you know, because that's what ADHD is like, scrambled eggs. What am I going to do next? Uh, how much am I going to get done of it, you know? Uh, I don't want to do that because I'll never finish it, you know? All of these funky thoughts come in when you're ADHD. But what I have found out from my roommate, who is a therapist, a, a master's degree in counseling, said there are forms of ADHD that are inherited because they're in the DNA, right? But there are other forms that are developed after a traumatic event, such as <clears throat> being touched inappropriately as a child. So it kind of shatters your paradigm. So it shatters your thoughts. You don't know where you're safe. You don't know where you're wanted. You don't know who you can trust. Your energy is split in a million different directions. And you're like, you become hyper vigilant is what happened to me. I become hyper sensitive. I was listening closer. I was watching closer. When do I need to run? Somebody's going to touch me. Why is this happening to me? I must be an awful person. You know, and then. Here, I'm just going to split off into what I want to talk about is why. Why did this happen to me? And it wasn't my fault, but there's more to it than why it just happened. You know, there's some spiritual reasons and there's some, well, Guys, there's a spiritual war going on right now. Satan is wreaking havoc on this planet, and he has been doing it. He did it early in our lives, so none of us would ever reach our purpose and destiny. Do you see that? That he's combating light. He put everything in us. Fears of my fear of public speaking. Me wanting to be invisible. After all this happened, I'm going to go through a short timeline here. Of, you know, just a short one to give you a... Two different ones. One to give you the version of me that was actually created. The life I lived before the shattering. This could have been, you know, before the shattering of molestation happened. You know, um, because once it happens to a small child, it's not time for that to happen. And they shatter. They're they don't know it at that moment. But you're going to go to school and you're going to go to high school. And, and your life's going to be totally different. You're going to be that one crazy bitch that wants to party all the fucking time. That you barely get through situations or sometimes you fail at certain situations over and over. You miss the promotion. You don't get to the bank on time. You don't, you know, there's shit just never completely working out for you. Um, and then you got the version of me that existed before any of that happened and 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 there's a version of me that none of this ever happened to now that is what I'm going through right now is learning how to to not hate my dad's guts and not hate my uncle's guts to let go of that anger that I did not get to live this version of myself okay Let's, at that point, let's go ahead and talk about the 
the um, non-molested version of me. No molestation. This is me at birth. Yeah, had a rough birth, you know. Um, I made it. Um, I did, you know, well. I, I developed well. I trusted my parents. I trusted my family around me. They didn't threaten me. You know, I didn't have to feel unsafe at all. I had a secure home life, right? This is the version of me that never got a, never got raped, okay? So then I go on to elementary school. I have no insecurities, so in that manner of speaking, I don't attract anyone to make me feel more insecure because I was bullied and tortured on the school bus and bullied and tortured at school all day when I was a young girl. Um, I developed a speech impediment and I, I just was really isolated because I was different. I knew I was different. I wasn't, I wasn't not afraid like other kids. Other kids would be like, I want to get up and talk, you know, or I want to do show and tell. Or, I want to do gym. How come I didn't want to fucking take my clothes off around nobody? How come, you know, I didn't want, you know what I'm saying? Okay. The, the version of me that wasn't molested, got involved in sports. She got to be a cheerleader like she wanted to be. And the version, the, the cleanest version of me would have had a mom without schizophrenia from being raped multiple times growing up herself. But, um, you know, my mom's mind shattered in her 30s, 20s. And she couldn't keep herself put together because she had not brought any of these traumas to the surface to be processed. You have to accept it. You have to finally swallow that pill that this happened and process this anger that's at the root of it all so you can move on with your life and forgive them. You know, release yourself from that fucking chain that's been around my neck since two years old. Because that's when I know that it started. You don't have to tell me shit. My subconscious has opened up and shown me things. I'm like, oh my God. And you feel it so powerfully in your body. You know that's what happened. You know that um, you've witnessed something on a TV show. And it uh, freezes you in your tracks. You're like, that happened to me. I know that happened to me. You know, like somehow your body recognizes it. And, there, and it just, to me, it basically threw off a panic attack or something. You know, um, it triggered me so bad because it had happened to me, y'all. <laughs> So, okay, the, the non-molested version of me went on to elementary school. She got all A's. She got a scholarship. She got into sports. My parents did not have to pay a dime for college. I had 20 years plus happy family. Oh, that's what I was writing in. Uh, she went on to college. She got great um, marks or grades in college uh, right up there in the dean's list, okay? She had multiple degrees. She had a PhD. She had a fucking doctorate. She had, um, she had a bachelor's. That's who I could have been. And then, I met someone in college and we fell deeply in love and, you know, 
life's hard when you have kids. It's challenging, right? Because everybody knows you have kids. It's a sacrifice because you love them. Well, I never got to have kids because I was afraid. I was afraid they were going to turn out like mom. And I couldn't figure myself out. So I was like, how can I raise a child when I can't even, I can't even get myself figured out. You know, why am I, why can't I get settled? You know, why can't I find someone and stay with them? Because I couldn't trust them. I'm sorry, y'all. This is, I'm cracking it open today. It hurts to have missed out on life like everybody else would have had, you know. And I could have had two or three kids and experienced love in my heart to the capacity that I couldn't explain. And I got a taste of that when I found out I was pregnant and then a week later found out the baby was dead. So I got one week of feeling what it was like to develop a child inside of you and fall in love with it instantly without even knowing who it was or what, if it was a boy or a girl. The devil took that from me too. Because my ex had said it multiple times that he didn't want to have kids and he would push me down the stairs if I ever got pregnant. And he meant it. Don't think that there's, you know, at the bowling alley when he's talking to his little friends, his little Trump friends that are meaningless to everyone else in life but themselves. They didn't bring any real value because they're evil. And, and when you're evil, you just can't get ahead, you know. The God is going to catch up with you and he's going to put a stop to you. He's going to give you so much time and then he's going to say, I've given you multiple times to change your mind. And I bet that every fucking time God gave them a chance, these men that he bowled with, that they ignored it. They they got the thought, maybe I should do this, but they ignored it. They never made a choice to be nice. They never made a choice to apologize. These guys were assholes. This is why I didn't want to have kids, is witnessing people like that my ex went to bowling events with. But this is where, this was where five five dysfunctional men came together to get as drunk as they could to not face the real traumas that happened to them in childhood, right? Okay? Because they're just covering that shit up with alcohol. That's all you're doing. Nobody has a real desire to get tanked unless they got something they don't want to deal with, right? Because that happens to all of us. Someone passes away, I can't deal with this. I got to have a drink, you know. Uh, I lost my job, I can't deal with this. I got to have a drink. I got to get out of my mind for a second. You know, I don't know how I got to where I am now, but let's go back to what I thought, you know, I deserved, which was like a family of my own, a pod. These questions have been coming up lately. Like, why didn't I ever have a kid? Why didn't I ever get my pod? How come I couldn't form? I couldn't allow myself to get into a pod, you know, a family. In other words, pair off with someone, trust them enough to, to settle down and have children with them. Well, here's my theory. My theory is my home life was was a mess and you start talking about having kids, then I just have to deal with this shit all over again. You know, the cycle of molestation all over again, you know. 
how was I going to uh, willingly walk into that and not having even discovered yet that I had been touched? But the the ripple effects of it everywhere in my life, everywhere of having been traumatized at that age. Um, so this, the unmolested version of me, she got, she's at 20 years with the same husband. She's got a happy family. They attend church. They, they're not over holy rolling, but they do follow Jesus and Jesus is kind. You know, he's loving. He would do things for you that no one else would do for you. That's why I want to be into Christianity because I want to achieve the way I used to be. And when I was a kid and a teenager, I was more like that than after 40 years or 30 years of hell with four men that basically treated me with the same amount of respect that my dad did. I had a master. I did not have a husband. I did not have a father. I had a master. You see what I'm saying? And this master, at the at the real core of it, was the devil. Because my, until I got baptized and made the choice, I, I gave my heart to Jesus at eight. But I believe that I could have done more and my mom could have done more. She could have had me baptized. She could have prayed protection over me. Um, my mom probably knew that incest was going on. And then I have some forgiveness work with her as well. Because if she knew it was going on, but she couldn't leave because she didn't have any money. You know, because dad controlled everything. Even her fucking SSI check. My, it went in dad's fucking bank. and went right in the bank and paid for, well, like that Z. The Z28 they got in 79. My mom finally got her back pay on her social security for being, you know, not able to work. And they went out and bought that Z28 in cash. It was like $7,900 or something. And my dad always got his toys at the expense of my mom. My mom sacrificed $10,000 and gave him, you know, because my mom, you know, they got divorced, and then she had her half, and he had her their half. He had his half, but he wanted mom's half, too, and the truck, and the car. He, want, he wanted everything but mom after she shot at him the second time. <laughs> the second time, y'all. This is like 20 years in between. So anyways, this is just total dysfunction in my family. And this version of me never had a fucking chance being born into this family. The non-molested version... My soul came to experience this and heal from it, y'all. Because now that I see that this per this version of me could have existed, but it didn't, and let's talk about why. Because they were abused themselves. My mom was just like my grandma, the prisoner who was who had to witness her children being raped. And now they had a big family. I don't know if it crossed genders or if it stayed in the same gender or what happened. But, I mean, you can really just pick out the ones that happened to. I bet, see, my Uncle Kenneth never got out of the hollers. He lived poor and knew he felt unworthy. He lived back in the hollers. His daughter, Sabrina, I know it happened to her. Sorry, I'm saying names. <laughs> but, you know. 
she was over sexualized her whole life. She she grew big boobs real fast, and everybody's like, God, that Sabrina looks like a woman at age ten, you know, and uh, twelve maybe by twelve. But she see like you develop this hypersexuality out of molestation. And I have a theory about um, homosexuality that if you were experienced, if you experienced molestation as a child and it was a same sex person, that was your first experience. And I'm pretty sure that's why you're gay. Because your first experience with quote unquote love was actually not love, it was a form of abuse. But you labeled it as love because we didn't know any better. And I did the same thing because I thought sex was love. And then guess what? I'm going to go partner up with exactly what I was taught that was love. I was taught not by verbal, but by my own preconceived concepts. I said, this must be love. You know, we, we assign that form of affection, you know, the sexual contact as love. That's in and of itself part of love but it's not love it's lust and it's hypersexuality it's sex addiction it's gambling it's fucking a blow it's doing heroin it's it's hiding you know it's another thing that was created out of a trauma you know so i believe that homosexuality exists because of a whole motherfucking generation of people sorry y'all you can beat me if you want <laughs> of people who rape their children okay and this is countrywide this is the whole united states because my roommate who is a master's degree and he's getting ready to go back for his doctorate in counseling however they do that i don't understand college because i never got to get there but this man has so much knowledge in him that's ready to explode he wants to use it so bad um, but he has taught me a very important statistic now you can look this up you can find it right there on Google you can confirm it with your therapist whatever you need to do but three out of four men have been sexually molested as a child touched inappropriately raped um, you know, three out of four men. So that means only one man out of four got, got to live without that trauma. And they got to live the life. They probably went to college. They probably went, you know. I mean, even some of these three, the, the other three, probably two more of them got to go to college. And they stuffed it down and they put it in the back of their mind, never to be let out again. But it will come out because... The mind's not ready to process it until you're around 50 is what Chris said. 40s to 50s is where this all starts coming to the surface. If you were touched as a child, it's coming up. You will know it between your 40s and your 50s because that's what happened to me. Little things started coming up around me and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that happened to me. You know, you know it. Your, your, your body recognizes it first because you'll like shake. You'll be like, oh, motherfucker, I know I was touched, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's set, it, you can't explain it. You have to experience it. It's like your body telling on itself, you know, because um, it recognizes it before your conscious mind, especially if your conscious mind has taken it and stored it in the back closet. It's still there. You still know it's there. Like you put it there, but you just don't remember it. 
because you don't want to remember it. It's a horrible thing. So, yeah, you, two more of them people, two more of the three out of four men that have been molested in their life went on to college. They kicked ass because guess what? That same daddy that gave it to you in the bedroom when you were six. Yeah, your daddy might have done it to you. Both holes. <laughs> and he said, motherfucker, you're going to succeed. Or I'm going to kill you is what you were thinking. Because guess what? He pushed you harder than you've ever been pushed in your life. You're going to do well on this team. We're counting on you. What do you want from this family? Do you want us to look like shit? Do you want us to end up having a bad reputation? You know, you're upholding the name of this family. You're going to go to college and you're going to like it. And you're going to, you know, you didn't get any choices if you were a molested party. You just did what your master said. Because there's an energetic tie between you and your master. And if you didn't know that you could cut that tie, or that a person like me who does energy work and work with archangels and high-frequency tuning forks, I can cut those ties for you. Because I'll stand in the gap between you and the angel, and I'll ask that. I'll be the vessel that serves that purpose for you. And I can do this kind of work many different ways. Any way you can think of to apply it, we can ask for it and get it done. Because your vibration is not high enough. You are still sitting in trauma, unprocessed trauma, which has a heavy energetic weight to it. Now, I'm going to tell you, when a doctor goes in and says, God, you got to have a root canal. And you go in, you get your appointment, you go in, you sit down, they numb you up, they do a little bit of work and they say, you know what, that's it, we're done. Well, doctor, I'm still having pain. You know, I got all, something's not right, you know. Uh, guess what? He didn't get all of it. He didn't root it all out. He didn't till it and get it all out of your system. You know, like he, he just stopped halfway with the root canal. Yeah. Well, that's like living your life halfway, you know, like I don't get to live my fullest life because I haven't processed this trauma that happened to me that I'm hiding from myself, you know, because some of us, me blacked out 75% of my childhood. And then I tried to kill myself for 14 years with alcohol and drugs. I said, why am I trying to kill myself with alcohol and drugs? Why is nobody else around me doing this? You know, that's when I embarked. 2005, I put myself into the program with a pocket full of pills. They said, come back tomorrow. And I, I killed off them like last 10 pills I had in my pocket, I think. And I was snorting amphetamines, y'all. Snorting them. Breaking open de dextroamphetamines and just thrilled that I got to, you know, smush it because my, my other masters had taught me how to deal with cocaine. So I got to smush it, smush those little circles up, crush them up with the edge of the credit card or your driver's license, just smush it up, you know, until it's a fine powder. And then I would lay it out on lines like blow and I would snort that shit. Because, see, remember, I was addicted to blow for eight months. And then God pulled me out of that, too. So he pulled me to the level of mind where I allowed myself to be pulled out of it. So he got me in the car and, you know, like said, I said to myself, this ain't what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I was I was taking coke with me to work, you know. And I was like, this is not me. Who is this? This was my ex blended with me because I'm, I'm an empath. 
I pick up pieces of other motherfuckers that are around me. That's why I have to be real careful with who I let the fuck around me. So, but anyways, you have to put up with so much of it. But you can be selective about who you let around you. Because you're going to pick up, if they're a fucking gangster bank robber, you're probably going to pick up a mentality that it's okay to steal from people. Even if you don't go rob banks, you'd you be alright with just maybe stealing something from somebody. Because that energy, your energy, hopefully he'll rob a bank and get caught because some of your good rubbed off on him. And that's how I think things happen energetically. You know, if you ask me. Now, God has taught me about energy in a very specific way. And he made me ADHD because I will be curious about all aspects of it. So I went to quantum physics. I went to, um, you know, before quantum physics, I learned about vibration and like string theory and how everything bounced off of each other. It's not really solid, you know. And then God took me all different directions with manifestation and uh, law of attraction. And then he took me into, he allowed me to get into witchcraft. So I could actually confirm that, that magic was real quote-unquote magic because I knew that things happened I knew when I was a child that that I knew things about this dimension that other people didn't and I think that something happened when I was like three or four at my grandma Fox's house and I know my aunt Sherry knows about it because she witnessed it she might have been young but she was about eight to ten years older than me so she knows what happened back then. And apparently um, I upset the family some way. And I, I think I repressed all of my abilities back then. Okay. I think I moved something or I set something on fire. <laughs> something happened when they got me really angry. And I, I yeah, a, a telekinetic event ensued. Okay. Because... When we all have an energetic field and when we <clears throat> get really mad, then imagine your whole field turning red and like lightning bolts and shit. When, and you well up enough of that, pow, you can have, trust me, at work. These motherfucking computers need to go off because this is some bullshit up in here. Now that kind of emotion behind a bold statement, it could possibly cause all the computers in your restaurant to shut down and flip everybody the fuck out because my soul is disturbed and your ass is going to be just as disturbed with me because <laughs> that's how mad I got I was like you know because these certain situations unfold and I, I know that my energetic field affects computers and because y'all have listened to my podcast before when I talk about Amazon because all I did, you know, an alchemist, when he speaks to the wind, I learned that. And I said, I'm going to speak to the crystals and the copper in these lines. And I'm going to say, stop. <laughs> Please stop. This is bullshit. They're fucking with me about my quota. And they're not sending enough work. And they know that they're harassing you for absolutely no reason. Because if there's no work, you can't make your quotas. So I decided I was on a mission to tank Frank. I had a boss named Frank. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> and he was a dick. He was at the top of the pyramid. And he was sending them supervisors out on the hour. Why ain't your quota? He made me so mad that I just put everything. And I was in the Wicca, too, then. I was putting candles down at home. I was binding him. I was just 
going to hell on. See, I kept attracting these masters, you know what I'm saying? And then after him, you know, before him, it was curvy. Before that, let's see, if we look back, yeah, Rick up at Lone Star Steakhouse. And then at Frisch's, it was a woman, but she was in her masculine. And I remember her, but I don't remember her. Donna. Donna. She was my master down there. So, anyways, your boss is really your master. You know that, right? Because they crack the whip on you. And you do what they say or you can get out. So, but anyways, I kept attracting these masters to me in the form of a boss. Dominating men who I, until I used my voice and spoke out to or broke out of some way. That I was going to get treated and belittled and shit on just like when I was a kid. You know, you're going to do what I say. I'm the parent. Um... We're not dealing with this right now. I, I feel that I was pushed to the back burner much when I was a kid because that's what I did when I was an adult with all the men I was with. I just handed my money over to the man, you know? And however it got used, Brian actually paid all his fucking credit off and got a 700 credit score while I was getting my taxes, our taxes taken for not paying my goddamn uh, loan, school loan. Now, if you guys want me on your podcast, I don't have to cuss. This is just for my own emphasis and release of negative information from inside my cells. It takes some emphasis to push it out, you know. Like, I want to empty my body of negative energy. and So, uh, cursing helps sometimes. So, um, anyways, let's try to think. Well, I don't even know where I was now. But... I'm a very intriguing person because God made me that way and he taught me about energy and he hid me. He hid me away until it was time for me to come out and he let me heal on my own terms. And my request to God right here was, please Hosanna, because this was the third time. And if you look up Hosanna, the root meaning of it is God save us or pray, save us. I need you. I'm in a moment of need, desperation, you know. I'm going to call him Hosanna in this situation. And when I'm trying to heal somebody, I'm going to say Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, I think is how it is. And Jehovah Jireh always pay, pays all your bills, fills all your needs. If y'all don't know about God, them different names all serve a, a purpose. When you call on him with those names, you get these certain needs fulfilled. Okay, so I'm going to tell you they're magic words, y'all. <laughs> and it's God's magic. It ain't nobody else's magic, but God's magic, okay? And all magic and energy began with the creator. We just have the ability to mold and shape reality the way we want to. But you have to take fierce control of your thoughts. Because if you already think you can't do something, that reality's blocked. It's like closing the fucking, you're putting up a barricade against that reality ever coming happen. So you have to crack yourself open. The first time is the hardest, but after that it gets easier. Maybe I could write a book. There's the crack. The door. You have to let the you have to let God and the higher dimensions in. You have to crack that door and and then then they can send in just one little tiny piece of love. And that's all they need. And you give them permission to come in and help. And then when you get that that you were so scared to ask for. You were, you were scared of the paradigm change. You, you've been programmed wrong, but something in you told you life was not, it's not fair. It's not meant to be this way. We're not meant to work our eyeballs out all day. And then, you know, 
come home and collapse and not have any quality time with our family. No time to travel. You work your eyeballs out, but you ain't got no time. Well, because there's an energetic, I'm going to say absence. There's an absence of higher vibrations in your life. If this is how, if you're working nine to five and trying to stay alive, like Miss Beyonce says, nine to five, just stay alive, nine to five, just stay alive. That cycle is ending because your soul, your soul's purpose on this planet is to bring us back to where we should have been, where the creator meant us to be, which is the ability to call on what we want with our words. That's called word alchemy. That's what I call it. I call it word alchemy. This morning I woke up thinking I saw the word letters. It's letters are assembling words which cause certain things to happen. And those words, the most important ones, start in your mind. You have to say, well, maybe. What if I could write a book? You know, you just get on the outskirts of it. And you're like, huh, well, people are self-publishing these days. And, you know, this is me, how it's rolling out for me. Because I'm like, yeah, um, no, it doesn't have to cost a lot. Because when I get there, Spirit will make sure it's taken care of. Somebody will show up or the money will be here in my pocket ready to pay for publishing. Or maybe I wouldn't even have to pay for publishing at all if I submit it to a book proposal to one of 25 um you know, publishing houses that I got at the Hay House Writers Convention, then guess what? I might not even have to write, you know, anything. I just give them my proposal and they might say yes, you know, and then I don't have to pay nothing. They're going to pick me up, you know. I mean, see how one little thought. Now, okay, what happens when you say, I can never write a book? That's too much commitment. I can never sit down that long enough. I don't know how to write. I'm not creative. You just slammed yourself into a fucking room with no doors out. You can't, you're, you closed yourself off from the possibility. You literally said, okay, there's eight doors open to you writing a book. Okay. The first one said, you say, I don't know how to write. Slam, that door shuts. Okay. And then you go, um, well, uh, how would I ever get it published? Slam. Number two shuts. I don't have the money for self-publishing. Slam. That door shuts. No one would ever publish me. I don't know what value I could have. Slam. That door shuts. All the way over to all eight doors shutting. And you just shut every possibility that God has offered to you. Yes, you are creative. Yes, you can sit down. He will carve out the time. If you set the intention to write a book, he will make sure you have the time to write that book. But guess what? You have to sit down and hear. I'm teaching myself right now because I have never done this. So God brings it to me through teaching, though. It's like I have to specifically say I'm ready to stop waiting on tables. I want to write this book for you. Get on with it. Let's figure it out. Let's do the timeline. Let's switch things up. I'm ready for the next shift, you know, because you, you can't say, I want to write a book and then be like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk to God about the next steps. I don't want to, um, you know, you can still resist it. And that's the part of me, I think, that was created. I wanted to be invisible. And I think that the devil knows one of these days she's going to get on stage and talk about all of these experiences she had and give thousands of people a chance to, to free themselves and talk about it. Just to even 
acknowledge it happened, or for the first time off of their lips come the words, I was sexually abused when I was young. And then all of that crying that comes is such a shift in your vibration is just raised to like rainbow levels, like sun levels. Like even though you're crying, you gave it away. You gave away that poison for the first time. Okay. And you can get through those tears. What we're dealing, what we don't want to deal with is the emotions. And that's why people self-medicate. That's why they gamble. That's why they shop, you know. A healthy human being don't really want us to go out and shop 24-7. You know, that's, I mean, I enjoy getting new things, but it's not like, God damn, I got to get as much clothes as I can get. You know, I was like that before, but I, with self-work, you know, you're, you're like, I don't really need anything. All I need is to be able to, you know, first of all, I don't want to be physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted every day. That's why I'm saying, God, take me to the next level. However that comes out, how, however it's meant to be, to be in your path, I know you're going to shock me. Now, we're, we can say universe, we can say Hosanna, we can say uh, whatever you want to call Allah, Muhammad, whatever you call this, the creator. You call on them and you ask them for assistance to the next level and you will get it but not until you take the free will choices sitting down and asking for it because they will never say okay let me explain to you this way thoughts stay thoughts until you take action on them so you have to verbalize that you want to take this action or you have to write it down um, as it is written it's created you know what I'm saying like you write something down then it's more meaningful because you brought it into the physical dimension. It has a physical existence on a piece of paper. It's now not an idea in the astral anymore. It's a physical thing. And then you do the next thing and guess what? You know, the next great thing happens. So you make a little more progress every day. It's not like saying I'm going to write a book today and get published tomorrow because we all want instant gratification, right? It's a process. You got to ride it like a journey. You got to say, I'm going to be here with this baby that I'm creating this book all the way. It's a commitment all the way through until I see it through until it's printed. You know what I'm saying? And that's a big commitment. So we have to ask God for assistance and guidance in that, you know, or the universe. You, I learned praying. If you use the word prayer, you'll think about doing it all day long. You'll be like, I'm, I'm man, I'm at work and this sucks, man. God, again, Hosanna, I'm asking you to come in and save me because these motherfuckers are eating me alive. They're sharking me down. Both my jobs, now, not, I'm, I'm not talking about the shop, the cute little shop on the strand. I'm talking about rainforest that does a bajillion dollars a year. Like, they will give you seven doubles if you let them. <laughs> work your eyeballs out. And I'm like, I'm not interested in working that hard. I'm a manifester. I like things that come to me easily. You know what I'm saying? So, and I do attract things easily. I am a powerful manifester. And see, now I've created that version of myself. I never really said that on a podcast or anything before. I might have been like, yeah, I'm pretty good at manifesting. But I saw Oprah proclaim it and own it. And I'm like, I'm ready to own that shit because I need my life to change, you know? I'm in a, I'm, right now, I'm in the, the noose of a corporation, you know what I mean, and that's okay, they've blessed me in many ways, 
but I'm still not my own boss. And my goal is to be my own boss. And I think my bosses know that and they want to wear my ass out. But they ain't God. God's a level up. He can shift things and move things in ways we could never imagine. And lift me right out of there. You see what I'm saying? I'm open to whatever God has. Like someone coming in and pulling me out of here and wanting to know my story. Helping me write my book. Publishing my book. Um, I mean, okay, here we go. Now, I'm, this is the point where spirit, I got 12 minutes. And I'm going to tell you about the version of myself that actually did exist. Okay? This is the timeline. You heard the great functional one. I went on to college. I was normal like everybody else. I didn't feel like you know, acting out, I went, you know, I, I was loyal to my husband, you know, and stuff like that, so the molested version of me, this is where the Lifetime movies start, y'all, it's all of this with sexual molestation plus the, the demons and the possession and the Ouija board stuff, you know, the mystical stuff was happening too, and I think, I believe and know that's why, I believe that's why the evil forces pushed my dad to do what he did or pushed people and you can use that for forgiveness as well because they're prompted by these evil forces that are in control of their low vibrational thoughts so you will attract thoughts that are in line with where you feel emotionally since my dad never processed his incest then you know guess what uh he carried it with him and you know it might have continued through me if I'd ever had children. So thank God that I didn't have children, you know. Um, and I cleared my trauma. You know, I'm processing it. So the cycle's over. The, the evil run that the devil has, the demons have had in my family is over. You know, the generational curse is broken. You know. <laughs> so that's a blessing. That's the miracle of it all. Even though this is a horrible situation. Uh, you know, well, let's just put it this way. My mom was vulnerable to spiritual attacks. And I believe that when she was manic, she was looking at me, but that wasn't my mom. Something else was in control of my mom's body. You know what I'm saying? It was a upright, walking around on the planet kind of possession. Yeah. And put her in the psych ward when she got real bad. And then they could suppress the demon a little, you know, and put, put the medicine back in. And then mom would come back, you know. But I totally believe that when I opened the portal with the Ouija board, that's when all the shit hit the fan. It was already bad enough in our house because my dad was an atheist and my mom was a Christian and I was in the middle. But I didn't, I took on pieces of my dad and pieces of my mom. So I had the dark and the light in me, y'all. And we have been, you know, suffered through all of that spiritual attack because here I am going to tell you my story. And why would the evil want me to free thousands or millions of people with my book you know okay because they want every soul to go into death with unprocessed trauma so you can exist in your version of hell if you never get to Christ or you never get to the level of where you believe in God and you know that God exists and it's inside of you and that's what gives you the air that you breathe the life force inside of you was given to you by high being that created us all okay so we didn't get here on our own you know <laughs> so check this out molested missy this is the ugliness of 
on top of all of the other shit. I had ADHD, developed ADHD because my world was shattered. So I just had to learn how to survive in the environment. I was in multiple environments because my mom would have schizophrenic breakdowns and I would go to stay with uncles for like two days up until like three weeks or a month. My dad would come get me, take me to school the next day, or if it was summer, I could stay there. But I stayed in multiple uncles' houses, uh, while my, cause my mom's family was too good to take care of all, take care of me. They just didn't want to deal with me, and they didn't want to deal with mom, uh, cause that meant dealing with their own incest problems down deep. But so, anyways, it was my dad's side that I ended up staying with, and. Fuck anyone who ever touched me. I hate your guts and I, I curse the fuck out of you. So, but I know the ones who did it and I'm pretty sure all of them are dead now. So, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm speaking for all of my cousins that also got touched inappropriately. They hate you too. And God lift them out of that fucking trauma. Finally, if you don't know about it already. Um, okay. So molested version of me. Got to hear in the womb that nobody wanted her. We don't want this baby. I don't love her. Uh, fuck this shit. How can I not have this baby? This is going on in my mom's mind. She told me this after the fact. And then I'm like, boy, she probably just been all the time to dad. That I don't want to have this baby. I can't do it. You know, la, la, la. And then you hear that in the womb and you already know you're not wanted. So I came late. First of all, I didn't want to fucking show up. You don't want to come somewhere where you're not welcome. I was late. I tore my mama fucking apart when I came through. She almost died. Let's just give it that. I only got like seven minutes and they're going to cut me off. So that's how I entered the world. At age two, intuitively and through hypnosis, layer by layer, determined that I was touched, raped, photographed, fingered, beginning at the age of two by multiple abusers. Okay. Now imagine that from age two. The law of attraction with that in your field. It imprints your energetic field with more of this, please. More of this, please. And it has a heavy imprint because it's so emotional and traumatic to your body and your mind and your spirit. Okay? So this starts to repeatedly happen. Someone tried to rape me in first grade. He put his dick on me in the woods outside the recess. They had some woods and went up. And then I got fucking paddled for it sitting next to my abuser. He got to watch me get paddled and he got paddled too. So none of, that was all wrong. And then, um, well, it just continued with every single person. I was promiscuous, um, hypersexual. My mom and dad put me on birth control and at 16 because they didn't want enough. My, they didn't want me to come home pregnant is what, cause that's what happened in the hills. Everybody got pregnant at like 12 and 16. And that's because y'all won't keep your dicks out of your fucking family. That's why. Um, okay, so elementary school. I was bullied, made fun of. I was insecure, so I attracted more things to make me feel insecure. People trying to fuck with me, you know, sexually and stuff all around me going on through elementary school. Hyper-awareness develops. An extra sense began. And... I started to be hyper vigilant of everything in my surrounding. And that's how they say, that's how they say that trauma creates psychic abilities because you're hyper vigilant for survival mode. Okay. 
So, and we, you all have heard me talk about that in another um, podcast, I'm sure. Okay, middle school. Still being taunted by others. Trying to be unnoticed. Because I didn't like doing book reports. I wanted to sink into the background. I didn't want nobody to see what was going on at my parents' house. You know, that my mom was nuts. I was getting fucking raped on the regular. Um, Bullying was happening. Um, I was having things stolen from me in school, like my jacket. And people were just tormenting my soul in high school. And then I rebelled out against my dad because I knew he was racist. And I think I did it because I knew he wouldn't like it is that my cousin was dating black guys and then I started wanting to date black guys and so he let me stay all night at my cousin Tina's and she told me all about this you know guy she was dating and he was black at school and my dad said only the daughter I got ain't gonna date the only n-word in the school and he moved us out to fucking Milford where there was no black people okay and that's what was happening in high school Okay, and then dad put me down constantly. This was from elementary school on. What's wrong with you? Why'd you do it that way? That's wrong. You, are you stupid? Uh, something wrong with you? You know, and then you think that something's wrong with you because your master, your daddy, is telling you that you're stupid. <laughs> I had kids telling me I was stupid too because I had a speech impediment. And I remember specifically a little boy walked up to me at the desk when a teacher was out of the room and said, are you stupid or something? <laughs> Are you dumb or something? Because that, that shit affects you profoundly when you're a child. Um, high school. Tortured by my dad. Not allowed, not allowed out of his sight. He was really possessive. Um, and I was rebelling. Against, I was staying out. If I could stay out of the house some way away from them, I just wanted away from them. Because if it wasn't mom having a manic episode, it was dad, you know, Raising hell about the bills or, you know, shit flying around the house. They threw shit in Kentucky and shit continued to fly around our house and bust against the walls. So, um, I basically almost failed out of high school just like them. But finally I got mad enough at my dad to push through and I, I pulled up the wheels in time to graduate and get my high school diploma. And what it was is the demons inside of him didn't want him to be more, didn't want me to be more successful than him because he was age eight or in eighth grade when he dropped out. So, okay, now I'm going to throw you one more fact before I get off here. Um, one out of two women have been sexually abused or molested when they were a child. And you may not even know it because you've suppressed it. One out of every, that means you line up ten women, five of them ten women. <laughs> For every one of them, there's another one that's been fucked with. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, how about that, ladies? How about you take that and understand why you have fallen victim to a master yourself? Do you see that pattern within yourself, the slavery pattern where they became your master and because they fucked you and have, oh, sorry, <laughs> but it is what it is. Then you have a soul tie to them and you listen. Like, it, it, it's like you are the submissive. You know what I mean? So, just look for that in yourself, okay? Um, I love you guys. Have a blessed day. I got 30 minutes and, or 30 seconds. And it's cut me off. So, 
find me on Facebook, Misty S. Conley, and you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Missy Conley 1972. So everybody have a blessed, magical, badass day because magic is real. Bye, y'all.